welcome back to the Sewers Podcast. The last episode ended with Guru Hargobind receiving a hawk from uh, a person named Fatuhi. So that's where the chapter picks up. Guru Hargobind is going to start to make his way slowly to Kartarpur. Now this Kartarpur is in Dwabba, not the Kartarpur that's known in uh, Pakistan, modern day Pakistan. So that episode ended with Fatuhi uh, leaving uh, Guru Hargobind in the evening. So this chapter picks up where Guru Hargobind now has his dinner in the evening time and then goes to bed. Again, he rises uh, the next day before sunrise, does his bathing, uh, gets ready uh, to move out with the army. So at that point, Guru Hargobind asks one of his attendants for his favorite horse. Now this would be John Pai. And after mounting John Pai, he, he rides out with the army. And at this point, the sounds of the army's drums were heard uh, at quite some distance as they mobilize and they begin to make their way. So during this travel, Guru Hargobind engages in some hunting as well. So he's testing out this new hawk that he got from Patuhi. So on the way, he's seeing all different types of birds and he's setting this hawk off to see um, how agile it is, how quick it is, how fierce it is. And at one point, Guru Hargobind turns and sees a duck. Um, it's called a ruddy sheldrake, but it's also called a Brahmani duck. Now, this duck is, is rather big in size. It's a beautiful duck. It's, it's reddish in color, uh, reddish uh, colored feathers. And Guru Hargobind sees this duck and sends that hawk off to it. And the hawk swoops down and amazingly grabs this massive duck and, and kills it. So Guru Hargobind is really pleased with this and he continues on slowly uh, testing this hawk out um, as he goes. So along the way they approach a river, the river Satlug, and that river they have to pass. So the army slowly, like a few of them at a time, take these boats across the river. Now this process takes the whole day. It takes a long time because uh, the boats can only hold a few at a time. So Guru Hargobind sitting there watching the whole army uh, go in small groups um, and you know waiting for the boats to come back and then more would cross over. So he lets the entire army pass uh, before getting on board. At that point the main uh, boatman approached Guru Hargobind and said that you know you shouldn't have to travel on these normal boats. What we'll do is we have a special boat here. Now this boat is reserved only for royalty. And whenever royalty comes, like uh, Shah Jahan or any of his senior ministers, uh, we give him this boat to ride. So, you know, please accept this offering. We want you to ride this very special boat. Guru Hargobind accepts this. He's very pleased. You know, he jumps on and slowly they make their uh, way down the river. And, you know, when Guru Hargobind gets off, he's really pleased with the service that uh, the boatman has given him. So he gives him 500 rupees at this time, which was quite a lot of, of money. And the boatman was really happy about this. He salutes the Guru. And then at that point, it's late evening. So the army then just sets up camp there. They take position um, and uh, it's evening time. So they eat and then they go to sleep. Uh, again, they wake up early in the morning before sunrise. Uh, they all bathe in that river, Satluk. Um, they get decked out with their weapons and their uniforms. And again, they mobilize and they head out again towards Kartarpur. So as they're heading to Kartarpur, now this Kartarpur was founded by 
uh, Guru Hargobind's father, Guru Arjan Dev Ji. And there, all of Guru Hargobind's family is waiting. So, before the battle that happened at uh, Gurusar, Guru Hargobind gave the duty to take care of the family to his eldest son, uh, Gurditta. And he sent them to, to Kartarpur before the battle, um, and they had been there for some time now. So, the whole family uh, was waiting there, and he had this longing for Guru Hargobind. And that longing then was soon. Uh, washed away at, when they began to hear the drums of the army come uh, from far. So at this point, Guru Hargobin is still pretty far from Kartarpur, maybe about 10 kilometers, um, but they could hear the noise of the horses and the drums of the army. And uh, people in the city then started to get really excited. You know, they heard the noises, they're thinking that Guru Hargobin is pretty near and then he's coming to visit. And all of them got really happy and they started to, to make noises and yell out in happiness. And the, the author says that it's basically like, you know, how peacocks would sing when thunder is coming. The thunder being the noise that this army is making on the approach. So there's big commotion in the city. Everybody's running about telling each other that Guru Hargoman is on his way. Um, everybody stopped what they were doing. And it was very similar in the way the poet says, the author says, how, you know, civilians would just leave their work. If a king is walking by, they would all stop and, and go to see, get a glance at the king. So, uh, Baba Gurditta, Guru Hargobind's eldest son, hears word of this, and he mounts a horse along with uh, Surajmal. Now, Surajmal is another son of Guru Hargobind, uh, Guru, uh, Guru Teg Bahadur, who is very young at this point, um, also son of Guru Hargobind. Is there as well and all three of them mount horses and uh, they all mount these horses and they'll head out uh, outside of the city trying to meet Guru Hargobind on the way so um, Gurditta, Surajmal and Guru Teg Bahadur they all take gifts with them as well to give uh, their father when they meet him so they travel about a kilometer outside of the city and where they meet uh, their father, Guru Hargobind, and you know, they're really excited and really happy that they have uh, seeing their father after such a long time. You know, they uh, give him the gifts. Guru Hargobind's asking everybody if they're well. Um, and then they slowly continue back to the city where they are greeted with, you know, a massive group of the townsfolk come out to see Guru Hargobind. You know, they're bringing gifts. Uh, so Guru Hargobind then enters the city and he's entering with all the warriors and the army behind him. You know, there's a lot of excitement in the city. People are standing at their doors, you know, with garlands as Guru Hargobind's uh, riding into the city. People are walking out and placing these garlands over Guru Hargobind's neck. Um, you know, some people are coming, they salute Guru Hargobind, they bow and, and they give gifts. Some people are throwing flowers at Guru Hargobind from atop their um, little houses. Some people are, are walking up to Guru Hargobind and doing arti, they're singing. Uh, devotional poetry in front, in front of Guru Hargobind um, and they're all asking because they had heard of the battle that, that that had recently taken place at Gurusar and they're asking um, you know Guru Hargobind they're asking some of the warriors you know what happened is everybody okay so when um, this commotion begins to settle down Guru Hargobind greets everybody properly and, you know asks if everybody's all right uh, slowly he gets to his residence but he first went, before going there, he first went to where there was a poti, where there was Guru Granth Sahib there. 
And in going there, he, he salutes Guru Granth Sahib and he, he sits there and he listens to uh, the Kirtanis who are singing Shabads. It says he listens to five Shabads when he's sitting there. And after this, Guru Hargobind gets up uh, he meets the rest of the congregation again who are, you know, uh, really puzzled about what happened about the war. Um, you know, if everybody's all right. And Bili Chan then goes into some detail about, uh, you know, the battle that took place and how the Sikhs then fought at night and again destroyed them in the morning when the sun broke. It goes into the detail, details about the duels that happened as well with Guru Hargobind. And listening to all this, the congregation is amazed, you know, and uh, they begin to start praising Guru Hargobind, saying that, you know, nobody can stand against Guru Hargobind, who sits on the throne of Guru Nanak. You know, there's this back and forth that happens for some time as Guru Hargobind is now getting acquainted again with the congregation. So then it becomes evening time and Guru Hargobind gets up. Uh, he blesses the congregation uh, before going to his residence. And there he meets uh, his wives. There's uh, Moravahi there and also Nanaki. Uh, his eldest wife, uh, the Modri, she had passed away uh, sometime uh, before the battle. So, um, you know, Muravahi and Nanaki both come and salute Guru Hargobind. Um, Guru Hargobind also meets his grandson, uh, Hararai, Guru Hararai. Uh, Tirumal is also there, who's a grandson as well. Um, Guru Hargobind meets his daughter-in-laws, Ananti there, who is married to uh, his eldest son, Baba Gurtitta. Also, Kamkor is also a daughter-in-law who's married to Surajmal another son of Guru Hargobind. So they both salute Guru Hargobind and, uh, you know, they eventually then they head back to their residence. Uh, Guru Hargobind then is described as sitting there and speaking to his family. He takes uh, uh, Guru Hararai, which who is uh, Baba Gurditta's younger son, on his lap. And uh, so that would be his grandson. Also another grandson, Tirmal, who was uh, Baba, Gurdita, Baba Gurdita's eldest son. And uh, Tirmal then sits beside um, Guru Hargobind. Uh, Guru Teg Bahadur is also there, who's very young, um, who's sitting right to uh, Guru Hargobind's right side, which is a side of respect. <clears throat> and Guru Hargobind every so often would, you know, take his hand and kind of caress Guru uh, Teg Bahadur, you know, uh, speaking softly to him. Uh, Anirai was also there, um, so uh, a son of Guru Hargobind who's young, who was born from uh, Mata Nanaki, and uh, he was just standing in front of Guru Hargobind, just looking at Guru Hargobind in, in awe. And Anira is an is a interesting uh, character. He uh, was always told of being intensely absorbed in meditation, and uh, he actually remained celibate his whole life, uh, and would remain just absorbed in, in this deep meditation. So he's just standing there, just like glaring at Guru Hargobind. <laughs> and, so Guru Hargobind sitting there, you know, mentions like he's sitting there in great bliss. He's not seen his family for some time, so he's getting reunited with them. He's having a good time with them. Eventually, he calls uh, the Masans, the, the leaders of, of the specific community groups of the Sikhs. And he asks uh, his eldest son, Gurditta, to take them and, and go out and uh, supply the warriors, the army, with whatever they need in terms of, you know, food, shelter, uh, clothing. Um, to make sure they're taken care of. At that time, when Gurditta walks out, Surajmal, Anirai, Tirmal, Hararai, Guru Teg Bahadur, they also go outside. And they're just, they're just looking at this horse that Guru 
Hargobind brought John Pai, and they were like, man, this horse is beautiful. And they just start, some start caressing the horse, you know, some are walking around it, looking at its legs, looking all around. They're like in, totally in, absorbed in this horse. They're just like glaring at it, like this horse is beautiful. It was like the text mentions like somebody who was going to paint the horse would just like take in every aspect. They were like so amazed at how beautiful this horse was, how strong it was. So the scene that's being painted here is that the whole city was just really excited that Guru Hargobind had returned. Uh, in the evening time, they had put lamps outside their house to welcome Guru Hargobind. And the text mentions it's like when Ramchandar came back from Malanka after killing Ravan. This is a, a story, uh, it's referencing a story called the Ramayan. So in the same way, when Guru Hargobind comes back, these people are really happy and they, they put their lamps out. Um, and analogously, like when Ram killed Ravan, Guru Hargobind here is returning after killing um, many Turks. So in a nearby village, Bandit Khan was residing there. Now, uh, Bandit Khan was basically raised by Guru Hargobind. We've not really gone into the stories of Bandit Khan yet, but um, earlier in the stories of Guru Hargobind, he comes to the congregation where he's uh, trained up by Guru Hargobind, they basically become like training partners at one point. Um, and Bandit Khan, a very powerful Pratan warrior, you know, fights with Guru Hargobind in the Battle of Amritsar, where um, Bandit Khan was extremely successful in destroying a lot of uh, the enemy there. You know, and after that battle, he actually got very cocky about his role in the success. Um, which Guru Hargobin didn't like. So Guru Hargobin called for him. So sorry, Guru Hargobin didn't call for him at the battle of Rohila, the second battle, or um, he didn't call for him at this recent battle that just happened, uh, the battle of Gurusar. So Pandika, like I mentioned, is in this nearby village and he hears that Guru Hargobin's come back. So he comes in that evening time uh, to see Guru Hargobind. So he hears about this. When he walks into the city, the first one he meets is Bidhichand, and they start having this conversation. Um, they meet each other with great respect. Um, they've known each other for a long time. Um, and then Bidhichand uh, tells Bandikam about what happened at Gurusad, at the battle. And uh, you know how the six attacked at night, and again with the duels, explaining the whole uh, battle to Bandikam. So after Bidhichan explains uh, and tells him what happened, Bandikan is actually a little bit upset and he's saying that, you know, I wish I was called. I didn't know you guys were going to have a battle. I would have helped out too. Um, if I was there, I wouldn't have allowed Guru Hargobind to jump into the battle. I would have said, you know, you just sit on the side, let me take care of it. You know, why did uh, Sohila, the horse, have to die? Why did Jetha, a senior Sikh, have to die? He's saying that, you know, my name was... My name is known, you know, across the world. You know, I'm this great warrior. If I stepped into the battle, they all would have ran away from me, you know? And if they didn't, I would have shot them down with my arrows and then I would just cleave them with my sword. You know, so like, why would they not call me? Why did you let Jeta die? I would have saved him. I would have saved other six. Listening to this, Bidhichan had enough. He was just like, listen, why are you saying all this? Whatever happened was meant to happen. Uh, nobody knows the will of the divine. And he basically tells Pandekan, I just leave it. So after this discussion, you know, again, it was evening time, uh, like I mentioned, and uh, Pandekan went around the village, talked to some more senior Sikhs, 
and then spent the night there. So the next morning, everybody gets up again uh, before sunrise and uh, everybody bathes, they get ready. At daybreak, there's a big congregation, uh, or sorry, at uh, sunrise, there's a big congregation um, assembled and uh, Asadivar is sung. You know, there are bards there as well who, after Asadivar, come and sing praise of Guru Hargobind. You know, everybody's really happy about Guru Hargobind returning. So there's quite a lot of uh, devotional praise being sung about Guru Hargobind and his uh, success in battle. So Guru Hargobind sitting there uh, in the congregation, and at, and at that time, after the bards had sung, uh, Bandit Khan actually walks in. You know, he salutes Guru Hargobind, and you know, he stands up again. He claps his hands together, and Guru Hargobind asks him if you know he's all right, how he's been. Bandit Khan says that you know I'm doing well. Uh, I just have one request that I was not called to help out in the battle. You know, please next time, uh, don't forget about me. You know, I can help. Guru Hargobind then says, oh, don't worry, there'll be a war here soon and your blood will be spilled here on the ground. And Bandikhan didn't really understand what he was getting at, what he was alluding to. You know, this is a foreshadow that we will get to in a few chapters from here. So Bandikhan doesn't understand what's meant by this, so he sits down and ponder this. And at that time, more people are coming in uh, to see Guru Hargobind. They're asking again about the war about how it started so then there's a discussion and then Bidhichan chimes in again about how basically <laughs> how he stole the horses and how all this started so Guru Hargobind sitting there till about 11-ish 12-ish uh, noon before getting up and then he gets up he goes to his residence the author uh, Kavi Santok Singh beautifully describes how Guru Hargobind is then sitting when he gets back to his residence uh, with his family and enjoying his time with his family and that's where chapter 61 ends thus completing uh, the seventh ras the seventh month or the seventh section of the text Guru Pratap Suraj Prakash now the author ends off saying that you know whoever listens and contemplates to these stories of the Guru you know their life will be lived uh, in, a, in accordance with Guru's teachings they will attain Gursikhi uh, and they will be absorbed in meditation of the Divine's name. As a result of listening to these stories, their mind will not waver, and it will recite Gurbani with great love. And they won't ever have to fear because Guru Nanak will forever be their protector. So the author very humbly signs off at the end of this section of the seventh Ras by saying that you know he's a forever a sacrifice uh, to Guru Hargobind. So we'll pick up next time, beginning with the uh, eighth Ras, where the wives of Guru Hargobind then asked Bidhichand about his youth. But as always, we would like to thank those who are contributing to the Mangalacharan Patreon and uh, in making this whole series possible. <laughs> Shut up, Shut up. Shut up. Shut up.